Hello and welcome to Guru Please, the show about pushing the limits of life and stepping up to live with more meaning, more purpose, and more passion. I'm your host, Jessica Sun. I'd like to introduce our guest, Monica M. Bijou. Monica is the founder and CEO of Decide to Move. She's been coaching business owners, entrepreneurs, and individuals for almost 20 years. She's also the co-author of Propel, the essential handbook for emerging women in business and leadership. She's the host of the Decide to Move podcast, and she helps business owners and entrepreneurs boost their success, increase financial wealth, and live a life of freedom. Welcome, Monica. Jessica, thank you so much for having me. I wanted to get started by asking you, how did you find yourself in a place where you wanted to open this business, decide to move? Well, my life is like one of those that has lots of different, I would say, journeys to it. I didn't grow up with the nice little cushiony mom and dad and different things like that. I mean, I lived with my mother. Um, My father was around and available, but my mother moved us away. And so I had a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of abuse, different things like that. And so um, I found myself at a young age, um, well, my mother put me out at 15. And then I found myself pregnant at 16 and had a child at 17. And in that moment of, you know, actually just even the things that I went through in my life, I had made a vow that I want to make sure that no one ever goes through the stuff that I have to. If I can help people from having to feel that same hurt and pain, I had that desire to really help. Because of that, I end up seeking and getting an undergrad. Once my daughter was older, I ended up seeking an undergrad in social work. And then later on, I went on and got a human resource master's and then I got my social work master's. And because I was like, I really want to help people. And I realized, you know, at first I was like, I want to be a, a, a counselor and a psychologist, but then I found out it takes a lot longer and it only gives you certain parts of what you can do. And so when I got my social work, I just, I realized I can help a lot more people. So then as I was doing my human resource masters, I actually had a project where, well, I also like to volunteer. Let me add that. I like to volunteer and I like to give back. I mean, honestly. And so I was helping an agency with their business because of the fact that I was seeing how I'm like, this guy has a lot of potential great gifts. He had owned a computer company. I want to help him get his business off. To, like he was already in business for a good five years or more, but I'm like, he can do so much more. I can see him doing better. And so I decided to volunteer and started just applying these different strategies that I just kind of knew organically and started helping him. And his business went from getting like a hundred dollars here, hundred dollars there to making over six figures. And so then when I had to later on do an assignment where I had to act like I was a change agent going into business and helping them change, I was like, hey, I already did that, but I really don't know what steps I took. I don't know what I actually did. I'm a person that believes in prayer. So I I just was praying. I was like, I don't know what I did, but I have this paper to do. I need help. And all of a sudden, all these things started popping in my head and I just wrote them down and then you know, went to sleep, woke up the next morning to put my paper together and it actually spelled decide to move. And that's actually where my business name came from. And I held on to it for years. And then once I decided to open my business, I was like, I have to use that because it actually is a, a transformational model. It's about change. It's about transitions, about, diff, you know, taking steps necessary by being authentic to get to that next level. So you held on to that for years, you said, before you really jumped in. 13. Yeah, over 13 years, I held on to it. And you mentioned that you had not the easiest childhood, certainly. And then 
you decided at a very young age that you wanted to make sure that other people weren't in the same situation. Can you talk more about that? Often people live in a victim mentality. That means that something's happened to them and they decide that they're going to make everyone else's life miserable because they had a rough life. For me, it was important for me to one, before I even had my daughter, I realized that my mother is a victim of her own circumstances. She's a victim of the things that she's went through because she basically was repeating the pattern of what she experienced. And I realized I don't have to repeat this pattern. I don't have to continue that generational trauma and that I can actually stop that from happening. And when I had my daughter, that was an opportunity for me to really make sure that that actually happened by the way that I raised her, the, the things that I encouraged her to do. I made sure that I taught her that you don't have to let doors close on yourself, meaning that if, if an opportunity comes up, if you don't do it, it's because you don't want to, not because you're not able to not just physically, but mentally and emotionally able to handle the situation. And so I just instilled a lot of things in her that I wish that I had. So everyone that I work with and I touch and I help always come from that place of finding out where they are and then helping them get to the level that they desire to do based on their own personality and who they are. Mm, And you learned this at a very young age. I just knew that there was something different than what I was experiencing. My mother had left when we were, I was four with our grandmother and she was also abusive. And so me knowing that having to live with her mother, I'm like, so this is what my mother experienced by being around her mom. I mean, it was a very uh, tumultuous upbringing, but I just found school and other things to keep me occupied. I was always a person that believed in setting goals and doing things. And so I'm like, I can't control the things around me. I can only control myself. And so I just found different ways to stay happy within myself. How do you see that kind of victim mentality showing up in those you coach today in business? Not even just people I coach, but even people that I've worked with as an employee, it shows up in the way that they treat their clients. They're not very fair to their clients, I should say, the people that they want. They're not clear of their direction. They really don't know what they want to do, how they want to get it. They don't believe that they are good enough. They don't feel like they're deserving to have what they're, what's coming, you know, like that they deserve to have more. They say, I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a certain amount of money but they don't really believe that they're capable or deserve to have that. And so there's just little techniques and stuff that I do to help them get over some of their mind blocks. Yeah, I'm very curious what those are. What what exactly do you do to cultivate a millionaire mindset? So one of the things that I start off with, I actually have this little exercise that I take them on. I call it the road, the journey to self-discovery. It takes about five minutes to actually do it. I have them like close their eyes and breathe. And I take them on this little journey. I actually have them imagine certain things. And then when they're done, I interpret it. But each thing that they imagine, one represents money, one represents success, one represents their boundaries. A lot of times when people are in that victim state, they struggle with boundaries. And that shows up a lot in their business because I coach other entrepreneurs. So if they desire to make a certain amount of money, they end up allowing people to just walk over them. They don't have very clear boundaries. They also get in really bad relationships as well because of the fact that they're seeking a certain type of person, like the things that they didn't have. So they end up seeking those things, but those people end up not being the best, I would say, for them. 
they don't use their own self intuition, like those things that you feel when you know something is not right. Those things are no longer there because they stop trusting themselves. They don't trust other people. The exercise also helps them look at how they show up in the world, how they view themselves and how they view other people. So it's this full little exercise that I take them on in the very beginning. And it's like this exercise that's super powerful that people literally start crying because they realize what they've been saying to themselves and who they really feel are totally out of sync. And once we're able to figure that out, I can actually start working with them from where they really where they are and then start helping them make certain changes in their life and in their business to actually get to that desired state. So once they can develop an understanding and awareness that this is how they relate to others and what they're telling themselves, then you're able to step in and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, everything starts with self-awareness. Honestly, oftentimes we lie to ourselves about what we want to be or we have this, you know, thought of this is what I'm going to do. They create affirmations and different things like that. But I've seen people create affirmations and they'll put it on their mirror and they'll put it, you know, in their car and different things like that. And they have that one part of them that's saying, I am going to be successful. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do this. And then that other part is like, no, you're not you're not going to be that. Do you really think you deserve it? And it's like, what part do you listen to the most? And how do you stop that? I call it that little recorder that plays over and over. Stop the recorder, rewind it and play the real part of what's really happening. My last name represents Bijou. It means jewel. So I find the jewel in everyone because to me, it's important that every one of us have gifts. We just don't know how to bring those gifts out. So as a business coach, I work hard to help them find what their gifts are and then help them get the things that they need to help them to reach their purpose and, and actually go for what they desire to have. So what would you tell someone who has that recorder voice playing in their head and you know they're doing all they can, they do affirmations, meditation, but you know something is still off. Mm-hmm. What are a few steps that you would say that they could take? So the first step I have is them for them to identify who that voice is. And oftentimes they believe that it's real. I'll give you a prime example. I have a client that had this thought that she was not good enough and that she was ugly, she was stupid, that she, you know, wasn't a good, you know, mom, just all these really negative things. And I had asked her, I said, whose voice is it that's telling you these things? And she was able to identify. She was like, it's my husband. And so I had I wrote it down and I wrote down like bad person, you know, compared to a good person. And so she was able to list down all the things that was a bad person and all the things that's a good person. And I had her check off which one of those does she resonate with the most. Like as a bad person, what are these things that's on this list that you do that rep- makes you represent? She was like, none of them. I mean, like that's horrible. And I was like, exactly. So what about the good side? So then later on, we were talking about her husband, like the things that he said to her about whether it being true or not. And I asked her, is, has your husband ever been wrong? Is he a good judge of people? And she's like, no, he's horrible. And I said, so what makes what you're saying real now? And she's like, oh, Mm. wow. I never thought about that. So it's sometimes it's just a simple reality of what's real and what's not. Mm. Like first let's get a reality check. Yes. Right. And then we find out what we truly believe. Exactly. And then where did you go from there with her? 
So then once from there, then we actually started writing out what she really wants to be. Who does she desire to be? And it's funny because once I erased the bad side, had the good side up, and then I said, okay, now who do you desire to be? And what would that person look like? She realized who she desired to be is who she already was. Mm -hmm. She just couldn't identify it. Or some people have these things of that they really want to be and they but there's some parts missing. Okay, well, then we start working on the parts that's missing to help them get to that place. Without a solid foundation, it's hard for you to really build anything from it. And if you build, it's not going to be sustaining because you're going to have cracks in it. So it's about really building your foundation, which is you as the person. And then once I help you get that strong, solid foundation, then we can build anything that you want to build from there. However big, however high, whatever it looks like, we can make it happen. But it has to come from who you are as a person. Because if a person is not working from their authentic self, nothing they do is going to feel right. And for the foundation, are you talking about values, like our personal yeah. values? personal values, who they are as a person, what they like, their morals, all those those different things. When it comes from a business standpoint, and back to what I was saying in the beginning, of how do they connect with money? How do they connect with success? What are their boundaries? Those things, like really identifying those different areas that you have. I often call it a manual. You know, it's like none of us are born with manuals. And so here's your opportunity to create a manual that if someone comes to you and you're able to say, this is who I am, this is how I operate. If I'm a person that you want to work with, great. If not, give me my manual back, but I'm going to continue to build my manual and make it to be who I want it to be. And that way you're being true to yourself. Whether, you know, a person's young or a person's older, oftentimes people are doing things based on what people told them they should be doing or right. telling them who they think that they are. And then they find out, I don't even like those things or that's not who I am. I mean, when you're growing up, your parents tell you what kind of food you're going to eat. Most times they tell you, this is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to go to school. So then people end up living lives that are not even who they really are and being true to themselves. So sometimes I have to dig deeper and really help them clear a lot of that. But it, each client is individualized. So I work with them based on where they are currently. Mm, yeah, I think that story of being told how our lives are going to unfold, that, that really resonates with me. Did you find that to be the case for you as well? Oh, most definitely. I've actually grew up where I was called names that I care not to repeat, but, you know, names that really can be self-defeating. And honestly, I literally have to stop the recorder sometimes when that happens. I'm like, whose voice is that? Oh, it's that person. Okay. And then I can quickly recognize. And that's the beautiful thing is like, once you start recognizing, you're able to get rid of it very quickly because there's no such thing as being perfect. I'll call it like getting triggered. Like, oh, this reminded me of so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Growing up, my grandmother would tell us what we can eat, what we can't eat. Uh, we used to get tell stuff like your your eyes is bigger than your belly. So like if we were hungry, because we eat breakfast at six in the morning and it'd be like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, I'm hungry. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Your eyes is you know bigger than your belly. You're not hungry. Uh, yes, I am. So it's kind of you were told how you should feel, how you shouldn't feel. Mm -hmm. If you think about the word validation, that's a big part that oftentimes as we grow up, people are missing validation. 
sometimes people just want to be heard and feel as if someone is listening to them. I do with clients as well is validate them. Like if they have a thought, I'm going to validate that thought. You know, we can add more to it, but I'm going to validate where they are. You know, I have my own coaches and I've had coaches where I'll tell them something. I'll tell them, you know, well, based on this, I don't feel like this is really going to work for me. Oh no, just try it. Uh, Okay. So my two words is, oh, okay. Which means that I'm not going to do it because I know me and I'm telling you who I am and I'm not going to do that. Well, unfortunately people who don't know themselves will go ahead and do it anyway. And then they end up getting frustrated and defeated and they don't carry through what they want to do, especially like from a business standpoint or even a personal standpoint, they just give up because they're not given something that is based on who they are as a person. They're given stuff based on what another person feel that they should do yeah going back to the manual idea that you brought up where we can develop our own operating manual that -hmm. we can present to others it sounds like to me that then you can't really be friends with everyone right exactly so you you start maybe filtering out for your own group and those who can work with you according to your manual Yes. Do you find that you've maybe broken off friendships or, or relationships with others because because maybe they were crossing boundaries or things like that? I have this little thing that I look at people come in seasons, they come in waves. Some people are in your life just for a moment to teach you one thing or for you to help them one thing, but they're not meant to hang around for the rest of your life. And I once heard uh, Tyler Perry, I watch a lot of his movies, explain it very well. He talks about like the different layers. So you have people who come in, they're like the season, they're like a leaf. When things change, they blow away, just like the seasons. You know, it goes from being summer to fall, the leaves fall and then new ones grow when it comes spring. So you have friends that come in and out of your life. They're kind of like that, that leaf. Then you have ones that are seem pretty solid, right? They seem like they are built to last that it's going to be a good friendship. But when things get hard and too much, they break away. And then you have those friends that are like the roots, the ones that you don't need a lot of them, but they're the ones that you give life from, they give you life and you grow together. I surround myself around like-hearted and like-minded people, and I have people in different layers. There's some people who are only here to help me with my business. There's some people that I help them with their business. Um, I have friends that we have been friends for a long time, like since childhood. And then I have some people that we are only associates, and that's it. And I'm I'm happy with that because it gives me a balance and it allows me to know who I can go to. I often see people attempt to hold on to people for a long time. Just like your clothes, we outgrow certain people. You have people that are going in different directions than you are. Some people no longer resonate. Or if you're a person who is pursuing like your ambition and your goals, you have people who are jealous of what you've accomplished. And those are the ones that become naysayers and tell you, ooh, that you shouldn't do that or that looks like that's too hard or why you're doing that and they they're not supportive at all and so you have to really use that piece of saying this person is no longer serving me any good in my life and I need to let them go and oftentimes I find people struggle with that but when they do make that decision they find themselves being so much happier I love that metaphor of the leaves just falling falling off the tree in the fall and then new ones grow back in the spring. It's like the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And you mentioned that you pray. Can you tell me more about what you pray about and what you see happen in yourself when you pray? Yes, most definitely, especially right now with everything happening with the pandemic of, you know, people having peace and having strength. But for me, when I I pray, I always just ask, Lord, just use me as your vessel and let me be authentic and just show me what I need to do. What does it mean to say, allow me to be the vessel? What are you the vessel of? So for me, the vessel is a person who, like when you think about a ship, when a person get on a ship, the ship takes them to a destination, right? I am the person that is able to help a person get to their destination where they need to be. What my gift is and what my purpose is, allow me to be used in that light. And so that's what I mean when I say that. I feel like each one of us have a purpose, you know, whether they believe in, you know, a higher power, they believe in God, they believe in their own abilities, whatever it is, there's always a force or something that's helping you get to where you have to be. The difference is, do you connect to that, stay true to that space and that being? I say, God, I say, Lord, somebody else may say Allah, somebody else may say something else. At the end of the day, what's your intention? Are you fulfilling your purpose and your destiny? Are you out to help people? Or are you doing something to hurt people? Where are you in your journey? And so for me, my journey is always about ensuring that I am doing something good for other people. And then at the end of the day, I feel good about, I can sleep well at nighttime because of that. Mm-hmm. Your priority is helping others. Yes. Where do you get your help from? Like, do you read books and you, you have coaches, right? Mm-hmm. I believe every coach that's a good coach should have a coach because I always want to grow. I want to learn. I read various different books. I'm always listening to podcasts. I have my own podcast. So I love interviewing because I like to learn stuff from other people. I like to learn. I, I call it being a hoarder of knowledge. People who are hoarders have like stuff in their house everywhere, but I use the things that I learn to teach other people. It's kind of like this analogy that I have. In fact, one of my, um, the books in Propel, this portion is in the book. Um, The other book that I have is called Fiercely Speaking. But one of the things that I think about is like, if you look at, you have three sponges that are sitting there. If you put water in the big sponge, that sponge doesn't do anything but just soak up the water. After a while, have you ever seen a wet sponge that just sit there and gets kind of like smelly, mildew, and it can't absorb any other water, mm. right? And it takes a long time to dry. And then you have the middle sponge. The middle sponge can get water and then it'll pour into the baby sponge. So the middle sponge can get more water, right? Mm. And then the baby sponges can actually use it to clean and and squeeze out and then it absorbs. So as long as people are sharing their gifts and their knowledge, they're able to absorb and get more knowledge. But as long as you're holding on to something and not sharing it, then you can't, after a while, you can't learn anything new. I really like that. I wanted to bring this to one of the things that you do is you help people feel confident in themselves. Let's talk about confidence. Mm -hmm. How do you become confident and how do you know maybe this is a situation where it's not, it's not anything to do with anyone else. It's actually a matter of my own confidence in myself. Oftentimes people lack confidence and I say confidence comes from fear, really like failure expected appearing real or false evidence appearing real. Either way, it's about you feeling like something's going to go wrong. Mm. 
the step that I take always, the question that I always ask myself is, what's the worst that can happen? For instance, if you are speaking on a stage and you fall, What's the worst that can happen? People laugh, you get up, you tell a joke about it, and then you keep going. I don't know if you've ever watched Miss Congeniality. And there was a scene where she fell when it was time for her to do her her speech and they were asking her a question. She was like, you know, each one of us are secretly hoping the other will fall. She's like, wait, I've already done that. And then people laughed and she was able to move on. That's how you, like, I'm always about laughing at myself. Confidence is something where you ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen if I I bomb this or fail? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, people are so fearful of something going wrong that they end up making a mistake. But the thing about it is the mistakes and failings and different things like that is actually the part that actually helped you grow. Those you learn from the things that you did wrong, and then you say, Okay, got it. I know how to do it better the next time. Because none of us, once again, come out the gate with a manual to everything we do and get it right. One of the ways that I say that people can practice confidence is whatever you desire to do, it's like you do it in little small steps. Do it every single day, one little thing every single day to the point where you end up becoming better at it and good at it. And you may still get those little nervous butterflies, but those are good anxiety. Having little nervous butterflies is the good stuff, but just something that you can practice every single day just to get a little bit better. I think about Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Serena is all-time greatest tennis player. I mean, she's one win away from, you know, time with Margaret Court, but she talks about still being nervous wow. and still sometimes struggling with confidence. She's played the game of tennis for over 20 years and doing phenomenal won so many, but still she gets nervous and she gets out there and she uses her confidence. She uses her fear. That's what p- pushes her to work harder to the point where she wins. And so that's where you have to ask yourself, if I'm struggling with confidence, how am I going to use this to my benefit? What's the worst that can happen if I don't succeed this one particular time? If death is not one of the options, then you'll be fine. You know, like if you're not going to die from whatever you've fallen off the steps, you know, or down on the stage, Beyonce has fell down stages all the time. She get back up and she keep going, you know? So, and, and we'll remember those, they become memes, but at the same time, we, somebody is still talking about her and she's, and they're going by her albums. I think that's a really powerful question to ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? Because sometimes if you fall on a stage, you brush it off, it's fine. But what if, you know, you start snowballing and you start thinking, well, well then people will say this than that about me and, and I won't get that next opportunity that I want. And then suddenly it'll be 10 years down the line and and I'll be in a different place. Like, what would you say to someone who is finding their fears kind of snowballing like that? Pause. You have one fall, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? You're talking about 10 years from now. You, who knows what you're going to be doing in 10 years from now. But the thing about it is the next time you're on somebody's show, you'll be like, oh my God, did you see me fall? I was so scared. But you know, I looked at it again. I was kind of graceful and I still look cute right? Like when you can talk about yourself takes away the people's power. I'm all about taking your power back. You be the first one to crack your joke. And here's the thing. If somebody is talking about it, at least they're talking about you. We go look at news, right? People talk about Donald Trump or whoever, but they're still reading about it. They're still watching it. He's still getting publicity. 
Mm. And that's the part that makes a big, huge difference. Now you don't want your publicity to be a bad publicity. That's for sure. But you can always take that opportunity and turn it around to show good. At the end of the day, I still was doing my thing. If everybody loves you, that means you're being a chameleon and you're not being authentic and you're not being yourself. So some people are going to absolutely love you and some people are not. Because I don't want everybody to like me. It means that I'm not being authentic in who I am. I think a lot of what you're saying about confidence comes from humility, too. Yes, yes, most definitely. And just being real. I mean, I've actually um, worked with one of uh, a good friend of mine. He's a confidence coach, Dr. Aziz Gasapur, and he's written several books like Not Nice Guy and different things like that. And so him and I were talking. And so he said, oh my gosh, you're just so confident. Have you always been like that? And I was like, no, I haven't. I mean, I struggled with lack of confidence and struggled with, you know, what does people think of me and, and just all kind of stuff based on the stories that my my mother and my grandmother had instilled in me, like, you're not good enough. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're ugly. You're this, you know, and all these other little things. And then after a while, I'm like, well, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't have the money to get a facelift and (laughs) I'm just going to be myself. And that's all I can be. And I found out later that myself is good enough. I mean, that's just how I feel. Like, at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen if somebody likes me or somebody don't? And so I often tell people, either you love me or you don't. There's only the, only two that you'll have. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be my authentic self. I'm going to be me. I am truthful, but I'm tactful. And so I often have said to my clients, even as a therapist, that having a therapist is like shopping for a pair of jeans. Not all of them are meant to fit. And so if my style doesn't work for you, please let me know because I will gladly refer you to someone that will. And every last one, I'm like, nope, I'm not going anywhere because I need somebody to finally be real and, and not just sugarcoat stuff. And so because I'm just myself and I actually help clients based on who they are, not what I feel that they, where they should be. Was there a moment you realized, okay, I need to just be me or did it happen kind of slowly and over time? Well, so I remember um, when I was... 12 or 13, if I had a dollar or whatever, I remember giving somebody like, would get you like help my friends out or give them money or whatever. And my mom said, you you know, you're always trying to buy your friends. And I was like, no, I mean, they have a need and I have a dollar. So what? I'm gonna give it to them. And so like, she would always like make comments that was opposite of who I was, where I realized that my personality is just like my father. My father is a giver. He's a person that really is about helping people. If it's his last dollar, he'll give it to you. And I didn't think about that till I was older, but that innately was my personality. I love math. I'm really good at math. I mean, I was, you know, had trig in like the ninth grade. And I remember oftentimes I would dumb myself down to help other people. Like people would say, oh my gosh, you're, you think you're so smart or you think you're this. And I'm like, uh, no, like, I mean, and it would just confuse me. And after a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. And if I get it, I get it. And if you want help, I'm glad to help you. But if you don't get it, that's your problem because you're not going to make me feel bad because of the fact that you're struggling. And it was kind of like, I would say in my early twenties, after like thinking about all that and then being able to say, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I'm proud of the things that I've, I've done in my life where I've had so many people tell me like not so many people more like my mom and my grandmother tell me the things that I'm not good at or what I'm not capable of having 
but I can say that I'm proud of myself because I'm like most times society think a teenage mom at 17 become either on state funds or having more kids or not accomplishing anything. And I'm like, out of all that, I've gotten two masters. I'm working on my doctorate. I'm a a bestseller. I've gotten two books, working on two more this year, started a podcast, have my own business. I've been, you know, in the military as an officer, just so many different things that I've done in my life that it's stuff that I wanted to do, not based on what other people told me I can and cannot do. And I love now when people tell me, what I can't do because it's, I, it, it becomes a challenge for me. Oh, I'd be like, oh, okay. And I end up, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. So I always tell people, just feel very bad when I say, oh, okay to you. Like, oh, okay. Like, just watch out because what happens next? <laughs> I love <laughs> so. that. It's just so, so fierce. It's like, well, okay, you're going to tell me what to do. I'll show you, you know. Yeah. Well, it's like I raised my daughter. I always told her, don't close the door on yourself. Society, the world, other people will tell you what you are not able to do, but you don't tell yourself that. If you want to do something, then you do it. If you don't want to do it, then you don't want to do it. It's not because you're not able to do it. And so I live truly by that. I believe in setting an example. There's nothing like having someone in your life that tells you one thing and they do totally opposite. You know, like a person who tells you you shouldn't smoke and then you find them outside smoking cigarettes. Like, uh, hello? (laughs) So I practice what I teach other people. And what would you say step one is for someone who wants to, quote unquote, decide to move and and make a change in their life? Just making that decision of saying, I want to do something different. You don't even have to know what it is. Just even saying that word, I want to do something different. Like when someone comes to me, you know, I work with entrepreneurs that have already experienced success. So they pretty much know that they can do something. They just don't know what the next steps are. However, I've actually also worked with people who have no clue. I know I want to do something different or I know I want to um, do something and find a purpose, but I don't even know how to get started. So my question is, what have you done in the past? Where are you now? If you can think about in six months or a year from now, what that would look like, what would it look like? What I have them do is paint their their picture, the images in their mind. I let them just talk. I let them just tell me everything that they're feeling and what their, their vision, uh, something that most times most people don't get an opportunity to do is just talk and let somebody listen and validate them. And then from there, I take things. And as I'm listening to them, I'm actually also getting a hear their passion and hear the things that excite them and the things, their fears and what's held them back from there. I can start from that point. But the biggest part is just even making the decision of, I want to do something different and saying that to yourself. That's the very first step. Yeah. So allowing yourself to dream and then to choose something different, even if you don't know what it could be. Exactly. And that's what business coaches are for is to a good business coach. Unfortunately, I've had some experience with ones that are out there that just tells you steps to take strategies, but they don't help you with the mindset piece first, or they don't help you understand clearly using your own personality of what you want to do. I see. Yeah. I think it, it all comes together. It's not just about, oh, do this technique or look at your beliefs. It's, it's all together, the whole thing mindset, the strategies, and then the implementation. 
if it's not something that resonates with you, it's not going to be sustainable. I've, I've seen some people go, just do this, just do it. I'm a person that like, like I like learning everything, the foundational piece of why things operate. So then that way, if somebody comes along and I say, if I hire uh, outsource my, my business or something and they're doing it wrong, I know what they're doing, like either how to help them get it right or how to do it myself. That's just something that I've learned. And it's not even about not trusting people or anything else like that. It's just that I love knowledge. I like to learn, but it also allows me to teach other people too. And that requires empathy and just taking the time to be with somebody, be present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love movies. So each person has a, a script you have the the antagonist and the protagonist, right? So you have the person who is the bad person and their their role is to get under your skin and do everything they can to get you to do things your, their way. Mm-hmm. My role is to not let you get away with whatever you want to and to do only what I feel comfortable. So if you act your part better than me, I'm going to be upset because you got me. Oh man, right? And that's why we often get upset because that person played their part better than you did. So that means you need to up your game. And so when I look at things that way, I I don't get upset with people for attempting to push the envelope. I'm like, okay, I see you. I now know what I need to do to come against that kind of behavior. That's the kind of thing that you look at. What can I do in the moment of what I have left or whatever I have to deal with that person? What do I need to do so I can stay true to to who I am? I'm not going to change outside of my character just to appease someone else because then I'm not being authentic. Yeah, I see. You're saying, well, what can I do at this point in time? How can I get creative and use this to my benefit? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listeners, you can find Monica at decidetomove.com. She does business coaching. She helps business owners and entrepreneurs set the goals and achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Thank you so much, Monica, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me.